I want to talk to you today uh, really about wisdom, okay? Wisdom is something that, you know, the world is in absolute need of. And, you know, I didn't really set out to talk about wisdom. I never really, wisdom wasn't really something that was on the forefront of my heart. But um, back in 2005, when I was first baptized in the Holy Spirit, um, I received a prophecy. And that prophecy, it, it changed my life. And, and that prophecy, um, you know, the, the Lord spoke, spoke through this man and he said, you're a Gideon, you've been hiding in a wine cellar, afraid of the world. But the Lord's going to visit you and He's going to awaken you to go awaken the army of the Lord. And I've been sitting on that and people wonder like, why are you so intense? Why are you so like one gear, right? Jer- Jerry said it, you have one gear. And I can't explain it. I've tried to tone things down, but I only have one gear, right? It's on, right? Is anybody on? Right? And so... Um, you know, that prophecy, I've sat on that prophecy uh, and watched the Lord awaken gifts. I watched the Lord position me in different places to be able to do certain things. Um, but it's only in recent years where um, I started seeing the, the spirit of wisdom in dreams and visions. And the Lord started to speak to me about the power of wisdom. And so um, I didn't realize that wisdom was really going to be something that the Lord was going to put on the forefront of my life, uh, uh, especially, you know, really moving forward from here on out. And, um, you know, somewhere around uh, October, November of last year, um, the Lord started putting on my heart uh, to write another book. And, you know, I put, I put out a book in 2019, another one in 2020. Um, I didn't set out last year to write another book, but, um, you know, when the Lord comes on you to do something... You do it. You don't argue. You just do it. Amen. And so, all right. So I sit down in November and I start to write, and all this stuff about wisdom started started just coming out on paper. And you know, when you're when you um, when you're in the discovery process of walking with the Holy Spirit, there's always a question of, am I on the right path? Am I doing the right thing? Am I going in the right place? The right direction? And so, you know, the Lord has this funny way of revealing to you um, confidence, confidence and, and boldness and just, you know, just all this stuff that he gives you that you can't create on your own. Right. And so we were out visiting Cammie and Cole um, at Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry uh, in, in November around Thanksgiving. And uh, I'm sitting in the prayer room one day and uh, this guy, this guy keeps looking at me. Right. He keeps looking at me. I mean, you know, I'm in there. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm doing my thing and um he walks over to me and he goes, I've been seeing you in here like for the last three days. And he says, every day I look at you, the Lord says, tell Gideon it's time to awaken the army. And he says, he goes, I, he goes, I thought it was so strange. He says, but I'm here to tell you what the Lord said. Um, Gideon, it's time to awaken the army. And man, he has no idea what he said to me because that was... The timing, that was the wisdom speaking of the timing that now is the time, okay? And so I encourage you, I'm going to talk today really about wisdom. Um, this book is entitled Wisdom Fill Warriors, and it's really about the awakening of the church. You, the believers, are the church, and you are supposed to be the most powerful force on the earth. People that walk with the presence of the Lord, hearing the voice of God, are not afraid of the world. The world is actually afraid of you. 
right? Those, those entities that are in the world trying to dominate and control the world, they actually fear the awakening of the church. Okay? Um, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10 says that uh, the manifold wisdom of God literally will be poured out. It literally will be poured out to show the power of heaven on earth through the church to dominate the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. Amen? And so, um, I'm going to talk about that today. Is there anybody who would like this book? There's a, there's a few books out there left. I encourage you to grab one. Can I get some lights? I like to see the people. I can't. It's like I'm preaching into the dark, man. <laughs> Amen? I'm used to prophesying into the dark, but I like to see faces. So, you know, the Lord is very direct and distinct about wisdom. He actually gives some very uh, distinct commands about wisdom. The book of Proverbs talks, he says, He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will find good. Okay? Wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. In all you're getting, get wisdom. Amen? Tell your neighbor, get wisdom. You have to get wisdom. Paul even, Paul even um, talks about wisdom being a, an extremely important thing in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, he says, I pray that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Right? That's actually not knowing about Him. That word knowledge is a unique Greek word. It's about face-to-face knowing the Holy Ghost. You know the one that lives. You know the one who dominates. You know the one who has conquered the cross, who holds all keys of authority. And because you know Him, right, He has promised to impart to you all of heaven. He he said, I'm not going to hold anything back from you. Stay and wait and I will give you all that you need. I will reveal who you really are according to what I wrote about you, not according to what the world has defined you as. Right? How many of you know that there's a supernatural you hidden inside of you? Right? And the job of wisdom, wisdom is a very close partner of prophecy. Wisdom is actually the spirit that actually sees through the, the calluses, sees through the darkness um, in a person's heart, and pulls out the destiny that is inside of a person. You know, pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and apostles, they all see differently. Right? And, um, you know, prophets tend to look at people not as what they are today, I look at people the way the Lord speaks to me. I'm speaking to who you are according to the books that are written in heaven about you. Amen? I'm not talking to your limitations. I'm actually here to speak to you to break your limitations, to break you out because there's a Gideon hiding in you, right? There's a Joshua hiding in you. There's a David inside of you that the Lord literally wants to release wisdom in your life and to pull the real you out. You get a picture? That's what a relationship with the Lord is. It's the unveiling of the sons of God. Amen? And so Paul prays, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know what is the hope of His calling. Meaning He has a calling of you. You all know you have a calling? Amen? Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost, unveil who I really am. Awaken in me my calling, my purpose, my destiny. My giftings, my ability, my character, according to Christ. Amen? You see, you shouldn't talk to the limited you. 
you should talk and release the vision of you. Because the vision of you is so much more powerful than the old you. Right? Jesus actually said that you're supposed to be baptized with Him in death so that you could be like Him in the fullness of life and the power of the resurrection, right? So you're not supposed to stay in the, in the, in the position of trying to die. You're supposed to live in the resurrection. Meaning you're supposed to live in this new creature, right? The Scripture says that when you are baptized in Christ, you are made new. That word new, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, it says... Um, you are a new creature. It actually means the likes of which has never been seen before on earth. You that He is talking to today in the power of the Holy Spirit did not exist before. That's what being born again is. You live in the potential of the future and, and the domination of you entering your destiny and not in the limitation that the world has, has, has limited you to. Amen? So Paul, Paul is telling you, Cry out for wisdom. Cry out. I, you know, seek revelation. Seek, ask the Lord for wisdom. Because He has a calling upon you. Amen? And He goes on to say that you would know the, the riches of His glory, of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and ruler of darkness. Right? And so, wisdom and the receiving of the gifting, the Spirit of God from heaven, is connected to your calling being revealed on earth. Okay? How many of you cry out for wisdom? Amen? I, this, when, when, when I was taught this, my pastor taught me this back in 2005, and I wrote out these prayers based on all the scriptures that talk about wisdom and seeking revelation. And every morning when I get out, got up, I would pray and I'd say, Lord, you say to ask for wisdom. I need wisdom. I need revelation. I need the sevenfold spirit of God. I need wisdom, understanding. I need counsel and might. I need the spirit of intimacy and the fear of the Lord. I need you to impart to me. And, you know, I did that for probably between 2005, probably about 10 years, up until about 2013, 14. Every day I would cry out for wisdom. Amen. And, you know, the encounters just started to come. I can't explain it, but He's a God who answers your prayer. He, when, when you start to, um, you know, the Scripture says, have not because you ask not. Right? How many of you ask the Lord for spiritual things? How many of you ask the Lord for physical needs? How about things that you like to do? I was hanging out with Cricket last night. He was preaching to us. We had service here last night, but then at Applebee's we had the, the preacher kicked in and, and, and Cricket started telling these stories and I'm like, I want that. You know, and that's what a testimony is supposed to do. Cricket tells these stories about, you know, praying that uh, his daughter and his dad would catch these big fish when they go out on, on, the, on the boat. And uh, the captain apparently, they were, every time they cast in, they were hooking these big fish. And the captain's like amazed. How did you do that? And so Cricket starts telling him about, you know, well, we pray and God answers. And I'm like, I want that, baby. Amen. As something as simple as fishing. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, the, the power of opportunity 
is in your midst. And there's nothing off limits. I mean, there's nothing off limits. You're supposed to ask for spiritual giftings. You're supposed to ask your Father for your needs, your uh, desires, the cool things, right? And um, man, He just, you know, it inspired me. I've always been a prayer. I've always pressed. But like, to take it beyond just the spirit realm and the, and the church to actually live in the fullness of life, right? That's a whole different thing. Say this, say, Holy Ghost, inspire me to pray that I would ask for all I need. Things in the spirit realm, things in the physical realm, things in my family, things in my marriage, things needed for my children, things needed for my bank account. Lord, convict me to ask for all my needs because You promise to fulfill the needs of Your children. Amen. Amen. So, when I was writing this book, this, this Scripture, man, this Scripture just started to burn in me. And it's uh, Proverbs twenty-one, twenty-two, And it says, Warriors filled with wisdom, ascending into the high places, releasing breakthrough to bring down the strongholds of the mighty. And man, there's something, there's something about the revelation that God expects His sons and daughters to be dominant. The church was never meant to be a victim. The church was never meant to be uh, perceived simply as a martyr. The church, there's times for that. And he will, he will lead you into those things. But as a whole, the church is supposed to dominate all mountains. Dominate all situations. Dominate. Huh? What, what, would, the world, what would your world look like if you expected to dominate instead of trying to just get through? Right? Would your prayer life shift to an expectation of asking, seeking, receiving, and then dominating? Hmm? What would it look like? How, how different would it be? Right? But you know, the supernatural is supposed to follow us all. Jesus said, these signs will follow those, those that believe. In Mark 16. Mark 16, verse, verse 15. Go into the world, preach the gospel. These signs will follow those that believe. Not Dave Cuppet, not Cricket, not Billy Graham. Believers. That's, that's all of us. Believers. These signs, these supernatural things, where'd that money come from? How the heck did I get that job? How in the world did my, my daughter get baptized in the Holy Ghost? How? Right? But because somebody believed, because somebody expected and asked and sought for wisdom and then began to pray and align themselves with wisdom. Amen. And signs follow them. There's evidence that God is with you. If there's no signs around you, what's the evidence? If there's no supernatural signs, and I'm not just talking about people getting saved. I mean, I tend to focus on the church because that's where I burn but I'm talking about life, right? Did you ever walk, have you worked, walked into work in the last six months and said, let me tell you about this miracle. Let me tell you what God did. Let me tell you what I asked for and God literally put it on my table. Amen? You with me, church? <laughs> Come on, baby. And so I want to, I just want to, it's almost like I just, I want to testify walking with wisdom uh, for a moment with you. Um, I'll try not to preach. I just, I just want to testify um, 
But I want to talk to you about supernatural things and about signs and, and uh, what happens when you start following wisdom. When wisdom starts invading your prayer life and He starts leading you and you start doing what wisdom leads you to do, it's because heaven is going to, the floodgate of heaven is going to begin opening in your life. Amen? And so, um, I'm going to just tell you some stories that are kind of freaky stories. They're about the signs of the Lord, okay? And um, years ago, probably, uh, I'm going to say 2012, 2013, um, the Lord started introducing me to angels. Um, it's when the Lord started to really put this intensity in me to pray in the Holy Ghost and He would just show up and start introducing me and talking to me about when this angel comes into the room, this is, what it's, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to do. Right? And He introduced me to this one angel called the Reaper. Okay? And I, was, I, had, a, I had a group of like, I had a really big uh, basement in my house. I had like 40 people. We had a Friday night, like we called it like the bonfire. Like people were just seeking everything that the Holy Ghost had and it was it was meant for encounters and supernatural healings and deliverances and things like that. And I was praying one night and I saw this angel in the, in the spirit, not physically. I saw it in in the spirit. And this this angel named the Reaper. Um, it had a vile voil. It said deliverance on it. And I started to speak what I saw. And as I saw this angel walking around the room pouring oil on the people, oil appeared on my face. And oil started to run down my face and drip off my chin. And I, I went like this and I was like, oh my goodness, like there's, there's oil. What, just, what I just spoke is running down my face. And people, people were like, people will look at my face. They, they're walking up and touching my face and people were falling out. And within a minute, like the whole room is filled with people laying on the ground because the angel that the Lord began to show me and talk to me about and I prophesied what the angel was doing, it literally appeared, okay? The oil and the deliverance that was happening in the room was, was a product of being introduced and then just talking about what I saw, right? And that's what prophecy really is. It's about the Lord showing you and revealing to you things, and when you speak them, they happen, right? That's, that's what happened to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, what do you see? And the Lord says, you see well, for I will execute what I let you see. Amen? It's like an oven up here, man. <laughs> I, need an, I need my personal air conditioner up here. How about a fan, boys? Um, but, you know, you know those, those things, you know, they happen once in a while. And um, they're supposed to be normal. Um, and so... When, I, when the Lord moved me to uh, Toledo in 2019 um, with a dream about uh, introducing uh, the school of the Holy Spirit and uh, getting some local churches connected in the equipping of the church and the outpour of the Holy Spirit, you know, we did that. And, um, you know, what I'm about to tell you is, is kind of freaky, but uh, the Lord woke me up one day. It was on a Saturday. Um, uh, it was, uh, I believe it was January of, of last year, 2021. And the Lord um, says, uh, you know that angel, the reaper? He's going to be there tonight. And I'm like, okay, what do you want to do? And uh, he says, I want you to have the people stand up and walk around the room and find the angel. And I'm like, all right, I'm being stretched, right? That's pretty freaky. I'm not going to have you do it. 
Don't get worried. I'm not going to have you all stand up. But it was in a setting like this. There's about, I don't know, 90, 90 to 100 people sitting in the room. And I said, this is what the Lord showed me and this is what's going to happen. I said, I want you to stand up. Everybody stands up. I said, when you find the spot, I want you to tell me. And you're, you're going to feel an immense presence of the Lord. It's going to feel extremely hot. Um, and I can't explain everything that's going to happen. But you're, you're going to, there's a gateway to encounter where that angel is. I give the instruction. <laughs> Class is looking at me like, are you really, are you real, dude? And, and um, I mean, you, you can picture it, right? I mean, a lot of you are like, you're already thinking, this guy is freaky, man. Um, hey, he said walk on water, baby. Right? Right? I'm the God of the impossible. I'm not the God that does calls things that, that, that are possible. I'm the God of the impossible. And if you want to impart to the people the ability to do the impossible, I'm going to position them to receive something that's impossible until they encounter it. They're going to multiply in the uh, conquering the impossible when they experience this. I'm like, all right, Lord. So I give the instruction. Everybody's looking around. I mean, you can picture everybody's looking around like, Dude, this is pretty rad. And so everybody's walking around, walking around. Five minutes go by. All of a sudden, this guy goes, I got it. And he's sitting there and he's standing in his place and he starts to weep. He starts to cry. And he's like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, the presence of the Lord. And he, and he falls out. So another person walks over. Boom, they fall out. Another person walks over. Boom, they fall out. And little did I know that there was, a, there was a young lady in the room who was just a tag-along that day. She was the sister of one of the people who had been coming to the Holy Spirit. And she came to just observe. And she's like, this Holy Spirit stuff, I've never seen it. I don't really know. If, you know, I just, this is freaky stuff, right? And um, she's sitting there and she starts to tear up. And she's like, everybody in the room had stood in this spot. Everybody's crying. The presence of the Lord is in the room. And um, so her sister takes her by the hand and she says, all right, I'll come over with you. As soon as she stood in the spot, gold dust, gold dust appears all over her face. She had a short sleeve shirt on. It appears down her arms and she saw it on the back of her hands. And she, when she saw it, she started to shake and cry and she fell out in the Holy Spirit. She's laying on the ground. She's crying. She's shaking. Oh, he's real. He's real. He's real. And then one by one, everybody in the room started saying, it's on me. It's on me. It's on me. It's on me. And so the whole room is filled with people saying, this stuff that looks like gold dust is all over my body. Did you put something in the rafters, man? I mean, it was, it was, it was wild. It was crazy. And it was a wild story. And so in one of my travels, I'm sitting down in, uh, I'm sitting in a living room with this young couple. They're, they're business people. They're in their late twenties. Um, but they have a heart for God and, and they're, they're equipping people. They're, they're building a church. Um, and they're birthing it out of their house. And, um, you know, we had a wild night. I think it was Friday night. And so Sunday afternoon, we're sitting around the kitchen table talking about, tell us some wild stories. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the gold dust story. So I tell him the gold dust story. And he was so amazed that like this supernatural presence of God would manifest in, in, in the, I don't, you know, gold dust. I mean, there's no other way to explain it. It was gold dust, right? 
And um, he was like, no way. How's that happen? And this went on all afternoon. Right? And so we get through the weekend. I'm, I'm ministering, you know, all Saturday night, Sunday morning. And um, I get on the plane. I go home. And he calls me. He calls me Tuesday night. And he's, he looked, he, he did, he FaceTimed me. He was, he looked like a deer in the headlights. He's looking at me. And it's like he could, he's like, I just talked to Gold Dust Girl. I said, what, what happened? He goes, a friend of a friend had a business strategy that ended up with some girl from Toledo. And he goes, well, I just had a guy from Toledo here doing ministry and equipping us in the Holy Spirit. And uh, she goes, what was his name? And he says, my name. And she goes, I know that guy. And he goes, well, he told me this story about this girl that had gold dust appear on her. And she looked in, into the, into the, uh, the, the uh, uh, Microsoft Teams video and she says, that was me. That was me. Seven billion people in the world. And the Lord has a plan to orchestrate a witness in such a way that is so profound that it causes a young millionaire to literally lean forward in his phone and be speechless, unable to even talk other than saying, I met Gold Dust Girl. Tears running down his face. Why is God being so real? Because God's going to multiply through you because you experienced and witnessed a testimony that God invades the earth and does supernatural things, something as crazy as even gold dust. If God can cause gold dust to appear on everybody in a room, what is God not capable of doing? He can do all things. You see, your expectation should be that God does all things. If you pray from the position that my God does all things, and I refuse to be a victim, I refuse to be without, I refuse to be in lack, I refuse to be without favor, I refuse it. And I want my Father to invade my life. I expect in you, Father. I expect in you, Holy Ghost. You are the one who causes money to rain down on me. You are the one who causes deliverance to come on me. You are the one who causes me to be successful. To have a plan for my life. Thoughts that are not of this world, but of your heart. My God, come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. Nothing's impossible for God. Nothing. <laughs> so, wisdom is an amazing gift that we're supposed to ask for. And He begins appearing in our life and He leads us down paths that are just supernatural. And I had this, I had this, uh, this dream that led up to um, how I really just moved to Tampa. I had this dream... Um, a few years ago, and in this dream, I'll give you the punchline of the dream. I was standing in front of my house, and I was watching this angel called the Reaper pour oil on my home, bringing deliverance to my home. And there was a white eagle, about six foot tall, standing beside me on my right, and there was a white owl on my left. And the white owl begins to speak to me, and he says... When the grace of the current wave dissipates, 
they will begin knocking on your door for deliverance. And the dream ended. There was a lot of other things that happened in the dream, but that was the punchline. And the Lord was cluing me in. Wisdom was speaking into my life that there was going to be a transition. Okay? And so, I have this school. It goes on for like a, whole, a year and a half in Toledo. I mean, we're rolling along. We've got, you know, 7,500 people coming on Saturday nights. We've got pastors secretly sneaking in. They don't know the Holy Spirit, but they're hearing about some stuff throughout the city of what's going on. There's, they come in. I got this one guy, zero Holy Spirit church. He comes in, he gets baptized in the Holy Ghost on night one. He's laying on the floor. He gets up. He's shaking. What is that? Right? And his church today transitioned. It's a 300 member church. His church transitioned from nobody that knew anything about the Holy Spirit to today. There's people who flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the gifts and, and the power of the Holy Ghost are present in His church. I mean, there's, there's many reasons why the Lord calls you to do things, right? Um, but as much as I loved it, you know, the Lord always has a new thing. He always has a new plan. And so in the spring of, of uh, well, I, th- I think it was uh, a- the end of April, May of 2021, the Lord, um, he, c- he comes to me one night and He says, I want you to stop the school. And I'm like, I just got here. I literally just got here. And he says, I want you to stop the school and I want you to pray for two things. I want you to ask to be sent to the woman at the well and to the man chained to the tombs. I'm like, okay. So I tell the pastors that I've been working with, the people who were letting me use their church and you know, ministering with me there with the school. I said, we've we got to stop the school. The Lord says we're going to stop the school. So we stopped the school and I started praying. I did as, as wisdom was leading me, right? And as soon as I stopped the school and I did what I was told, I started getting these phone calls. Dave, will you come to Kansas City? Dave, will you come to Rochester? Dave, will you come to Charlotte? Dave, will you, will you come to Northern California? Dave, will you come to Phoenix? And so wisdom spoke to me in the dream saying, when the grace of the current wave dissipates, they will knock on your door for deliverance. I didn't know it was going to be connected to me having to give something away that I, that I loved, that I waited to build, so that the Lord could move me into the next season of my life. Amen? And I'm telling you that because wisdom doesn't speak in a normal manner. It doesn't speak logically according to what you think, right? You build something, you invest in it, and it's going to stay exactly the same for the rest of your life. And that's not the way wisdom works. That's not the way the Lord builds bigger and bigger and bigger faith, trust, and expectation in that He is the God of the supernatural and that He will, He will, He will trim you down. He will blow you up. He'll trim you down, blow you up. Trim you down until you realize it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with your yes and a willingness to follow wisdom, whether it's a season of touching the one or the season of touching thousands. I went to do the thousands in India. I went to to see thousands of people at at crusades and, and all that kind of stuff. And then I went to build and impart and equip a people in a school, and then he says, no, I'm going to now send you to the one. Do you know, if you have a wrong view of how the Lord's leading you, and you perceive it that bigger, 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 bigger is how the Lord's going to grow you, you could get shipwrecked. You could get on the wrong path. But I'm here to tell you, when the Lord went to the woman at the well, one woman brought a whole city to meet Christ. 
When, when the Lord met the man chained to the tombs at the Gadarenes, one man brought the whole region to meet Christ. Right? So do not despise the day of small things. Don't despise how wisdom leads you to do something as simple as get your butt out of bed and go to Walmart and minister to the guy in the red shirt. He looks like he's broken and he's in need of somebody to do this, to do that, to do this. Just say, I'll do it, Lord. Just say this, say, Spirit of wisdom, Spirit of revelation, flood my heart with light. Speak to me and I'll do it. Speak to me, Holy Ghost, and I'll do it. Amen? So wisdom is always leading us into a bigger place, a a, a bigger responsibility. It may be thousands, it may be one, they're all big. The next thing is your biggest thing. Because any time He comes to you the next time and you say, guess what? You might, you might have to walk around a mountain for a couple years, right? You might have to walk around a mountain in the middle of a desert, thirsting for water. And finally, after you lay on your face and repent of your disobedience, and He comes back into your life and He stands you up and He says, now take your promise. Now go where I'm telling you to go. Now do what I'm telling you to do, right? That's the, that's the following of the Holy Spirit. The voice leads us in, into all things. And you know, I didn't know that a simple yes to following a, following the Lord leading me to speak to small groups in this season was going to lead us to, to end up in Tampa. Okay? When I went to Tampa, um, it was, it was, I had one dream and I had a woman call me talking about an orange. Okay? And I had a wife that was so desperate to get to Florida that that's all I heard about, right? And I didn't know that the plan was to bring all my kids back to us, right? That that, that was going to be our next season. But that tends to be, or that seems to be what's happening before my eyes. But, um, so I follow the Lord. We get, we get to Tampa. I don't know, I mean, I know a couple people in, in the area, but um, anyway... Um, I, this guy that I know gets me, uh, asks, asks us to come to church. We go into this church and it's a pretty big church. It's, uh, um, about two, two, 2,000, 2,500 people in this church. And, um, you know, I'm watching the pastor preach and, you know, I don't see any supernatural stuff. I don't see any power. And I start asking the Lord questions about this pastor. And all of a sudden I have this dream. And in this dream, Um, I'm sitting in the Holy of Holies. You know how the Bible describes the Holy of Holies? It's the place where where the Lord rests. It's where His throne is. Um, I'm sitting in in this place and I see an altar of hot coals in front of uh, the throne of the Lord. Okay? And I see the Spirit of Revelation tending the altar where the hot coals are. And I see this door to get into the Holy of Holies And in front of the door is the spirit of wisdom, the spirit that the Lord has been revealing to me over the last few years. So I know, I know the spirit. So I, so I stand up and I walk over and I start asking the spirit of wisdom questions. And I say, why are you the one knocking on the door? Why don't you just open the door? He says, I'm not allowed to open the door. 
I'm knocking on the door. The people on the other side have to answer. That should be a startling statement. Say this, say, Holy Ghost, make my heart sensitive to the knocking of wisdom that I may answer the door and see the great things that you're leading me into. So this conversation continues and I say, can I open the door? He goes, that's why you're here. <laughs> so, I, so I swing the door open. Wisdom standing beside me. And lo and behold, is the lead pastor of this church. We'll just call him Bob. Okay? Bob has all these hundreds of people holding on to him, weighing him down. And he's reaching with all his heart. He wants to go in that door, but he can't, he can't get there on his own. And I'm looking at this picture. And I start asking the, Holy, or I start asking the Spirit of Wisdom more questions. What, what am I supposed to do? Right? Can, can I help him get in the door? He goes, that's why you're here. <laughs> and so I reach forward. I grab Bob by the hair. And I bring him in and set him at this table that's in front of the altar of hot coals. And Revelation starts taking the coals and putting the coals in his mouth. That happened on a Saturday night. The next morning, I walk in, we're in church, and I'm watching. And I'm like, something's different today. This guy's preaching different. What the heck happened to this guy? This guy's like he's on fire. He wasn't on, I saw him preach like the, the, for the last month, and this guy's not on fire. Today he's on fire. Like, what happened? And so after service, the guy who invited me, I said, I told him, I said, I had a dream about your pastor. He grabs me by the shoulder and he says, come here. And he takes me back into the, into the green room where the pastor's sitting after service. His wife's back there. And the guy says, my buddy here had a, had a, has a prophetic word for you. And I start telling him the dream. And I lay my hand on him. I said, wisdom's going to enter your life. And Revelation's going to be so profound that it's going to be like you're in a new place. You're going to shake. You're going to cry. The presence of God is going to be there. You're going to eat the fire of the Holy Ghost. Everything's going to change. This guy starts to weep. He's the lead pastor of 2,500 people in a, in a church that is like... I, n- I never knew that one. the Lord would send me to one guy that would could change a church, change 2,500 people. So the guy is crying. He's like, you know, it's just it's a supernatural thing. And I learn later that the Baptist theology that they functioned in, the church was so big, they have their own sermon writer. So the pastor doesn't even write their sermons. He actually just stands up and regurgitates what the sermon writer put on paper. I said, how's that work? He goes, hey, you just, you just go with it. You just talk. I'm like, yeah, but what about the Holy Spirit? So the confession was, that's the way he was brought up in the denominational system. And he's been crying out, trying to get into the presence of the Lord. And he says, the first, that day that you gave me the prophecy was the first time in my life I preached without a sermon writer. I actually fired the sermon writer this week because I felt the unction of the Lord saying, you have to speak what I'm speaking to you. Do not despise the day of small things. 
Your yes going to the 7-Eleven, your yes going to Walmart, your yes speaking to the guy that he's unctioning you to speak to is your promotion. It is the, the way wisdom literally mushrooms and multiplies and expands. Amen? You see, destiny is about the unfolding of, of wisdom in your life. It's, it's about the, the, the fact that um, He promises you His Spirit. He says, ask for wisdom, ask for revelation. And it's not more complicated than that. It's actually one of the most simple things to actually do if we can lay down our pride and begin to believe that all things are possible in Christ. Amen. So let's everybody stand up, and and we're gonna we're gonna pray for a few minutes, um, to ask the Spirit of Wisdom to begin to change our hearts. Can we get the can we get a keyboardist up here? Where's my where's my piano? Oh, she just left. <laughs> okay, um, gotcha. She's on her way. All right, so. Let's just say this. Say, Holy Ghost, in every way that I've resisted your simple commands, I repent. I ask you right now, forgive me. Forgive me of my resistance. Forgive me of my rebellion. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Flood my heart with the power of your voice. Wisdom, fill me. Revelation, fill me. That I would not speak according to my own heart, but I would speak according to wisdom. Holy Ghost, baptize me in the sevenfold Spirit of God. I ask for wisdom, understanding. Counsel, might, the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. I ask you right now, baptize me fresh and new. Give me dreams and visions. Give me purpose. Awaken my destiny, Holy Spirit. Awaken in me faith to pray, to believe in the simple thing. To believe my family will be saved. To believe money will rain down from heaven upon my life. To believe that favor will be poured out upon me. To believe that I have a purpose. I am not a victim. I am the wisdom of God. I am the grace that Jesus Christ has put upon me. In Jesus' name. Holy Ghost. Come on, fill me now, Holy Ghost. Baptize me new in wisdom. Come on, baptize me fresh and new in wisdom. Come on, some of you are beginning to feel tingly. Some of you are are feeling things that you've never felt before. Some of you are, are experiencing the presence of God that you need to feel every moment of your life. Sensitive to wisdom. Sensitive to revelation. Sensitive to the one who promises that he will speak to you. Come on, Holy Ghost. I pray that you would rain down wisdom right now. Rain wisdom upon this house. Rain wisdom, Lord, that the 
manifold wisdom of God would be poured out through this church. That the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness would fear the wisdom that this church has embraced. Come on, Spirit of Wisdom. Come on, begin to walk through these aisles. Begin to put your hand on the shoulder, on the back, on the head, on the heart of the people. Begin to breathe your life into, into every person in this house. Come on, Spirit of Wisdom. Come on, Spirit of Wisdom. I'm standing at the door and I'm opening the one you've been knocking on. And I pray for every person in here right now. I'm reaching for every person to be brought into the holy place. Brought into the place where wisdom and revelation is what they dine on. It's what they depend on. It what fuels their hearts. It's what they eat for all days ahead. They won't eat on the junk on the worthless, powerless, religious junk, but they will eat what wisdom and revelation are feeding them. Come on, Lord, let the grace, let the, the grace of wisdom rain down upon the people. Lord, let it be like a rain cloud. Lord, let there be signs and wonders in every person's life. Let there be supernatural things that happen around them because of trusting in what wisdom is speaking into their hearts. Lord, let this grace fall right now. Come on, Spirit of Wisdom, fall in this place. Come on, 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 that couple there in the in the the, the white shirt, the lady in the white shirt, the guy in the polo. That's you, yeah. Yeah, there's a that, that angel standing behind you, and uh, he's putting his hand on you. There's going to begin to be an appearance of God. Heaven on earth is going to be seen all over your life. Amen. Wisdom is going to be seen all over your life. Come on, rain, Holy Ghost.